Hi, I'm Kate Cornish, editor of My VIP, the magazine for Pets at Home customers, and also the host of the Pets at Home Puppy podcast. Now, before we start this episode, which is all about staycationing with your puppy, we just wanted to do a, a little message to you up front, just to say that, as you all know, government restrictions are different across the UK and are changing regularly. But For some of us who can and still plan to travel for a staycation, we thought that these helpful tips and advice would be useful to make sure that you and your puppy have a wonderful time together. Bon voyage. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast. In these two new episodes, we're going to be covering what to do when you staycation with your puppy. Now, we know thousands of us went out there and rescued a pup or or bought a pup as a companion during lockdown. So um, you're going to very soon, I hope, we're going to be allowed to move around a little bit more depending on the uh, state of the new normal. You're going to be booking your holidays quite soon and preparing maybe for next year's holidays, most of which, let's face it, are going to be staycations. So we thought it would be a nice idea to um, put together a couple of podcast episodes um, so you know what to do with proper preparation will make taking your puppy on holiday a doddle. Um, after all, your puppy's part of the family, so it wouldn't be a family holiday without taking your puppy with you. So we've tried to put together a little checklist and as much top tips as we possibly can to make sure that your holiday is a wonderful time with your pup. So our guests are Head of Pets at Pets at Home, Carleen Hyman. Hello, Carleen. Hi. Nice to have you back. And we've also got in the studio, well, not in the studio, we're all doing this from our houses, but you know what I mean. Uh, we've also got joining us Claire North, who is the director of North Canine Dog Training, and she's also an expert on dog behaviour. So she is our, our dog guru. And we've also got Claire Gavin, who is head of innovation at Pets at Home, kicking off before you leave and on the road. So, Carleen, I'm going to come to you first. So, I'm assuming the first thing you need to do really is um, even before you get your pup used to the car, what age do they have to be before they can go in the car? Do they have to be vaccinated? Do they have to have done things or socialised even before you get them in the car? What, what what's, what's the most important thing you have to think about even before you open that car door? Well, I guess, um, you know, your puppy doesn't have to be fully vaccinated for it to travel in the car. I'm, I'm assuming most people will have gone and picked their puppy up in the car. Yeah. Um, so it won't be fully vaccinated yet. And obviously you won't have had a chance or probably the breeder won't have had a chance to get um, the puppy used to the car. But first thing, really, if you're planning to travel with your puppy is um, to get them to get them um, used to the car and experience um, various lengths of car journeys. So that's a really important part of um, the socialization training. And it's it's really important that you introduce them gradually um, to, to being in the car, um, even going all the way back from starting, just sitting in the car, even without the engine on, um, making sure they're comfortable with that, um, making sure you strap them in like they would be traveling, you know, oh, if you were to go right. somewhere. Yeah, because I was going to say, you don't, you're not just going to sort of 
put them in the car and let them jump around and get used to it. They need to know that this is a place where I've got this strap on me and I don't I don't jump around and play. This is what Absolutely. Happens. You know, make sure you, you know how they're going to be traveling in your car before you start the sort of socialization process mm. um, with the car. Next step would be obviously to switch the engine on. But again, you can just stay on your drive, not really go anywhere. And then slowly um, move on to short journeys, um, even just to the end of the road and back, um, making sure it's always a positive experience, giving lots of praise, lots of rewards at any point. If your puppy looks uncomfortable or nervous or um, get sick, take a step back, um, you know, maybe give it a couple of days break and 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 continue the process after um, until they're completely comfortable and um, assuming everything goes well. You'll be able to slowly increase the length of your trips. And like I said, just lots of praise and reward. Um, obviously, be careful with treats. Make sure they don't make your puppy sick. But yeah. um, all of these things just help um, to, to reinforce car journeys as being a, a positive experience and make sure your puppy behaves. OK, so, yeah, as with everything with puppies, it's baby steps. You um, touched briefly there on car sickness in puppies. I'm assuming that it's something that they'll grow out of. But what what can you do? Is there anything you can do to prevent your puppy being sick in the car immediately if they're not used to it? I mean, I know most puppies, when you pick them up for the very first time, you know, your car will be covered in in dog vomit, let's face it. But um, what can you do to sort of um, alleviate this problem? Yeah, I mean, not dissimilar to, I guess, children getting car sick more easily than adults, you mm. know, with, with people. Um, same goes with, with puppies and dogs. So puppies are more likely to to become car sick than adult dogs. And like you say, most of them will grow out of it. What we've just covered, you know, making sure they've had a chance to to getting used to the car gradually is important. Mm. Other things to, to do is um, making sure you've walked your puppy before setting off. And if you're worried about um, car sick, hold off feeding two to three hours before traveling so don't feed them a big meal just before going on a, on a big journey another thing that could help is making sure um, your puppy's facing forwards and even has a chance to look out the window that obviously depends on on where your puppy travels in the car and how how you've secured them some people also talk about cracking the windows open a little to help balance the um, outside air pressure with the air pressure inside the car so that could help. And of course, you know, a bit like with us as well, making sure the car is cool and well ventilated, yeah. you're more, much more likely to to feel sick in a hot and stuffy car. So um, make sure that the ventilation is is good. The other thing is, obviously, I've said it's good to face forward um, or even look out the window. But actually, some dogs prefer the footwell or boot because they've got sort of a solid surface to to sit on or lie on. It's quite comfortable. And so when you're going around corners, it's just a bit more stable, um, yeah. possibly, than being on, on, a, on a seat. It really depends a bit on, on, on your own puppy and what they prefer as well. So let's bring in Claire Gavin here. Hi, Claire. Hi there, Kate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you very much for joining us. Oh, delighted. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming back. It's always great to have you and your expert tips on the plethora of products that we have for your puppy at Pets at Home. So let's kick off, Claire, with before you leave. What, what, what have you got to pack before you even consider getting your puppy in the car? Well, I think it's really important to work out um, what your plan is when you when you get to your destination. So it's important to work out where a local vet would be, just so you're prepared. Um, I'm sure you won't you won't need to use them, but just in case. 
obviously your your puppy needs to be microchipped and it needs to be wearing a collar and tag at all times. And I'd recommend that you take along your puppy's medical records to show its vaccination status and also a copy of your pet insurance. And then I guess it depends whether your puppy is going to be traveling on the back seat of your car or whether um, it's preferable and safer for the puppy to be in the boot. Um, certainly with my puppy, she has um, a soft crate um, with a padded crate liner um, in the boot, which is secured. Um, she has a toy in there that just distracts her and keeps her busy rather than focusing on the journey. And I'm so lucky. She's so good in the car. I don't hear a peep from her. Um, so a distracting toy is a great idea. And sometimes I put a blanket in um, just so that she has something that smells of home. Certainly when I brought her back from the breeder, I also took um, a towel from uh, the uh, her mum. So um, if you're taking a new puppy on a journey, it's a good idea to take that blanket as well or anything that smells of the mum. Absolutely. Um, let me stop you there because I want to um, basically have some chit chats. I haven't asked you properly yet. How is Amber? And can you tell the listener um, how adorable she is, what she is and how old she is, please? Of course, yes. Um, I have a six and a half month old cockapoo. Um, she's an apricot colour and she's called Amber. And um, she's an absolute delight. She has been the length and breadth of the country already, really? only at six and a half months. And she's just a fantastic traveller. And I realise that that is a privilege because not all dogs do like travelling in the car. So I'm very fortunate. Absolutely. There's a lot of there's a lot of sick and a lot of poo, uh, our favourite subjects that we, uh, sorry, but we always end up talking about sick and poo a lot. Um, so have you, have you been all right with her then? Is she, is she hasn't had any accidents? No, no accidents whatsoever. Having said that, though, Kate, I do yeah. make sure that I've got loads of towels, loads of poop bags, loads of wet wipes and always a roll of kitchen towel just in case there was ever a mishap. Um, and I'm facing into to cleaning something up. <laughs> well, yeah, as I say, you, you've, you've, uh, you had to sacrifice quite a lot of clothing space purely for the YP uh, products by the sounds of it. <laughs> Actually, you're exactly right. We really did have to do that. The car was absolutely stacked full, mainly hanging clothes because there was no room in the car for a case from our last holiday. Oh, yeah, of course, because you've also got not only her stuff, you've also got the dog, the crate, all her gear, all her toys. So, yeah, that's another thing to bear in mind, folks. Uh, space. Yeah, you've got another member of the family that say, has an awful lot of accessories in the car with you. Exactly, exactly. That is so right. So I'm um, sorry, I completely interrupted. Where were we? So we were talking about, you know, if your dog is going to travel in the boot with you. Um, one right. thing, obviously, I'm lucky because I've got quite a small puppy, but not everyone's puppy is small and they get very heavy very quickly. Mm. Um, so being able to pick them up and get them into the boot, if that's where they're going to travel, um, can be really helpful to have things like a ramp um, or steps that you can actually connect. And also a boot liner that has a flap that you can push down over the back of the car. Um, that protects you when you're standing near to the car, but also means that the car's not scratched if you're... Um, if you're lifting your, your puppy up and, yeah. and um, its feet get um, caught. Yeah, and also it's a good shout if you do have a large breed puppy, you don't want to be putting your back out before you've even um, started. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, lots of people um, have their, their puppy sat on the back seat, which is totally fine. Mm. Um, if you're doing that, I would recommend that you um, purchase a, a car hammock that protects your back seats and actually the 
um, area between the two front seats so your dog couldn't um, risk going between the seats. So that's the thing. Um, it's like a, it is literally like a hammock. It, 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 it is. clips onto the back headdress of the back That's seat right. and the headdress of the front seat so you've got a complete sort of yeah, that, yeah that completely seals the back seat in and stops him jumping through the front exactly. seat but also it's really critical that you make sure you've got a seatbelt restraint yeah. um, you can purchase these in many many places it they should be crash tested um, that means that your puppy is restrained safely. They can't wander around the back seat. Um, you really want them sitting uh, nice and calmly or lying down. I um, would recommend that you take a blanket or their bed to sit on. If you've got a very small breed dog, um, some people like to use a booster seat. So that's a kind of contained um square bed if you like that just gives them a little bit of height so they can see out of the car yeah um, no so it's normally either puppies chihuahuas or the little yorkies that yeah, you see, yeah that's, right. So cute. that's right that's right and um i always use a toy as a, a bit of a distraction and a boredom buster what's, and then that, like, what's amber's toy oh she's got um a rope crab <laughs> from pets at home of course yeah um, so he goes everywhere that she goes in the car he hasn't and been then, destroyed yet no, not at all. No, no, no. She's she's very chewy, but she doesn't destroy anything. It's quite quite interesting. She's got very soft, soft nature, I think. Yeah. The other thing that you can do is um, pop a plug-in diffuser into your air vents. That's just um, a pheromone, gives off a pheromone that is quite calming to puppies. I certainly use one in the house. Many people do. And then the other thing that I would suggest is a really great thing. And you really, you know, your, your dog should always have have access to um, fresh water but obviously that's that can be tricky when you're driving and um, you know the car is is not stationary so you can get various bowls that keep water within them but I would recommend regular stops and something like our Three Peaks uh, travel water bottle um, it has a silicone uh, leaf shaped uh, holder for the water uh, it's absolutely brilliant I would recommend that highly there's also um, collapsible food bowls that you can use that actually yeah. are really easy to put away. Um, I've said about wet wipes for sure, um, but kitchen towel as well to clean out those bowls. Poop mm. bags, well, you can't go anywhere without poop bags, can you? Okay, so some great tips there from Claire. And Claire, I, I, I assume that your essential kit to pack is going to differ uh, depending on the season? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're coming into winter now, aren't we? Um, your, your dog's coat, you know, if it's got a snowsuit to keep it all snug and dry and warm, it's a good idea um, because sometimes cleaning your dog when you're not, you've not got access to your normal washing machine with all the towels you're going to use is, mm -hmm. is difficult. So keeping them clean is a good idea. A training leash is a good idea. If you're going somewhere unfamiliar, you might be a little bit scared to let your puppy off the lead. So a very long uh, training leash will just give the puppy freedom, but actually give you the control um, that you're you're still joined to your puppy. Um, yeah. In these darker nights, probably a flashing collar or a flashing tag um, so that you can see your puppy and your puppy can be seen by others. And things like tie-out cables are a really great idea regardless of the season. And you could take a harness that has a backpack so that the dog, can, your puppy can carry its own poop bags, for example. If maybe it's summer, 
Obviously, you need to protect your dog from any risk of heat stroke or overheating. So something like um, a puppy tent um, is a great idea. Again, I'd recommend a training leash if you're on the beach. It's a great idea to um, just be in control, but allow the puppy enough freedom. Um, you probably would be well advised to take a cooling mat or a cooling bandana or a cooling coat. The mat probably is the most universal, universal and the easiest to use wherever you are. And you obviously want to make sure that if your dog is particularly light in colour or it's particularly um, got sensitive skin or skin that's exposed or a lighter nose, then some sun protection is a really great idea. And also worth mentioning... Um, Life vests are a great idea. In the main, dogs dogs don't necessarily know how to swim. Some take to it more easily than others. But if they are going to go in the water, um, a life vest with a, a chin razor is a really great piece of kit to have. So, Claire North, have you got anything um, to add to that about getting your puppy used to the car? You got any uh, insider tips? Yeah, so I think the, the main thing really about getting puppies used to the car is making it a space that they like, that they enjoy to be in. Um, we've got to think about how they get in and out the car. That's a big thing. So yeah. um, particularly larger breed dogs don't want them jumping. So we want to be lifting. Um, if they are a very large breed and you can't lift, so if you've got something like a Newfoundland, probably by the time it's a few months old, you potentially can't lift it. So you, They are the size of a calf, aren't they? They are massive. Yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of looking at like perhaps the ramps, things like that, and teaching them those. Um, but yeah, comfortable in and out the car and, and and it being a nice space, a safe space, happy place, that kind of thing. Um, I know 100% my three dogs, my goodness, you know, they're out the door and in the vehicle. They can't wait. They love it. And, and a large part of that is that we generally are going somewhere nice and something fun. Right. Okay. So they, you, you've got to associate that that journey with um, a fun, nice thing. So you don't want to be shouting at your puppy if he doesn't want to get in the car because they're going to associate it with bad vibes, horrible experience. So it's always got to be fun, 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 happy, happy, happy when it comes to the car. Yeah, car is nice. So, you know, um, like we said earlier, opening the car up on the driveway just at home, letting puppy explore, letting him sniff around, letting him climb in and out or helping him to climb in and out. Mm. Um, if you've if you've got a dog who's particularly worried, what I might do with that puppy is I might sit them in there and give them their dinner in there and just sit with them, and then I lift them back out and we go in. So you're conditioning it again um, is a nice place to be. And you just keep repeating that until until he's fine to just get in the car and and be strapped in and you're away. Yeah, I think so. I think it depends partially on the amount of traveling, I guess, that you plan on doing. So, for example, myself, I do a lot of travel with my dogs. We travel yeah. every single day somewhere as part of my work. So yeah. it's very important to me that they that they enjoy being in the vehicle. If you're only going to go a couple of times a week, it's probably even more important, though, to condition them to it being nice and get them through that little bit of car sickness that they might have and things like that. I know that you've got probably, uh, I don't know, this is not very on brand because um, I don't think Pets at Home sells what you use as your um, special magic trick. But what do you give puppies that are, are being stuck in the car? 
<laughs> um, so I give them ginger biscuits. Oh, right, like ginger nuts. <laughs> in small quantities. So, or ginger itself. Yeah, like the, they'll struggle to eat actual ginger because they don't really like the taste. But if you smash up a ginger biscuit and give them a few little pieces before like 20 minutes, half an hour before you travel, it seems to settle their tummy. I've used this really successfully in ever such a lot of dogs. Um, yeah, it seems to work. So I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so um, they have got a lot of sugar in them, so just little bits here and there. Not clearly, not like a whole biscuit every other sort of twenty minutes or so. Clearly, not like me. That's what I do. That's how I eat ginger biscuits. But ju- just a little sort of tiny little pieces here and there. <laughs> yeah, just tiny little bits. I mean, I suppose, like I say, if you can get the puppy to eat wee bits of ginger, but uh, they generally don't. But the biscuit, I suppose, because of the other stuff that's in there, they seem to like. If you'd like more information or want to read further on the topics covered in this podcast, then visit the Pet Talk section of petsathome.com or pop over to vetsforpets.com as well, where you'll find lots of friendly expertise on all things pets. Thank you so much to all my guests, Carleen, Claire and Claire. And if you've liked this podcast, please do share and subscribe. Tell all your puppy-owning friends that there's a plethora of... I've got to stop saying plethora. How many times have I said plethora in this this podcast episode? (laughs) A lot. Lots of amazing advice for you and your puppy um, for your next staycation. And stay tuned for next time. The next episode is going to be about puppy care on your staycation when you get to your destination. So, again, thanks to all my guests. Bon voyage! (laughs) 